Hey everybody, I'm Jason, your host of Let Freedom Reign, an equine industry leading podcast that talks to folks from all different walks of life who share their testimony of adversities and perseverance and how the horse has helped them through their journey. Stay tuned. We're going to have a great time. Come along for the ride. Welcome everybody to another week here at Let Freedom Reign podcast. This week, we have a few folks from Trail to the Cross Ministries, Wes Clancy and Mitch and Kaylee Smith. Trail to the Cross is a ministry that shares the gospel of Jesus Christ through shared interests and common ground with those involved in the Western way of life. The content covered in this episode will provide great instruction and inspiration to anybody looking to start their own ministry or take more action in their walk with Christ. By the end of this episode, you'll have a great understanding how an idea pitched at a small group meeting has grown into a youth ministry of unfathomable size. For more information, you can go to trailtothecross.com or find Trail to the Cross on Facebook. Now, should you find the content of this episode valuable, please share it with a friend. Additionally, your five-star ratings and reviews on the podcast platform of your choice would mean the world to us. You can find us on both Facebook and Instagram under Let Freedom Reign Podcast. We hate to keep you all waiting any longer. Here is our conversation with the folks at Trail to the Cross. Yeah, 2020 has been a... Uh, um an extremely, um, you know, a crazy year, you know, for lots of people. But for Trail of the Cross, this is the first year that we've canceled um, our rodeo Bible camp for, uh, you know, since our this would have been our 11th year that we had it consecutively. And, um, you know, it, we, we had to cancel just for the fact that, um, you know, obvious reasons. But the uh, um, but this year um, we're going to finish off strong. We uh, we we're going to put on our three man ranch roping um, um, here in. It's actually next weekend, the the twenty fourth and twenty fifth October, and um, it's going to be a an awesome deal. We got lots of people coming from lots of parts of the country, and um, and we're looking to have a you know a forty fifty team um, three man, and uh, got a lot of nice gifts and stuff coming and um then we have um our cowboy christmas ball that we have in december and i don't know the exact dates on that we'll have to get that from kaylee here in a second but um the uh the cowboy christmas ball is always our big fundraiser for the year so and you know just getting lots of the lots of people that are involved with trail the cross and that have sent kids to camp um and then just getting people like donors and different people that come to and help out with our with our camp in the summertime you know it's just a chance for them to come and uh just uh um you know see what happened at camp or see what's going on with trail the cross and see what their see what their money and their and their uh um you know investments go to so that's what that's what 2020 looks for us to the end good stuff well we're about to turn a corner into 2021 and you know everybody's hoping that with 2021 comes all this freedom, especially with the, the COVID lockdowns and all that craziness. But I personally have used this time to kind of, you know, reset, refresh and set my sights in a different direction. You know, it's it's great that you guys are continuing to keep rolling. I know you guys had to cancel the Bible camp, but it's great to see that you guys are out still putting on some events, still putting on some fundraising and, and continuing the mission and the purpose. And We'll get into Trail to the Cross and, and the story and the history and what you guys have to offer here in a little bit, but I'd like to go through all your guys' kind of histories. We'll go through it individually, and then uh, we'll talk to the point in which you come together at Trail to the Cross and really really push it from there, but 
Uh, we have Mitch and Kaylee Smith on the line as well. Uh, Mitch, Kaylee, do you guys want to kind of go into a little bit of your guys' story up into the point when when you start to get involved with Trail of the Cross? So I kind of had a little bit of a unique background. I don't come from a ranching family or anything per se, but uh, I was born in upstate New York. I uh, was raised on a 60-acre farm. Um, always been around horses, always been involved with horses. And um, when I was 13 years old, um, I started to learn how to team rope and, uh, me and my brother team roped up through high school rodeo. Um, and at the time New York state didn't even have a rodeo association for high school. So we actually rodeoed through Pennsylvania. So fast forward in, um, 2012, uh, my family decided to make a move and, uh, September of 2012, I moved here. And I became involved immediately with Wes and Trail to the Cross. And um, from there, I'll let Kaylee take it. So we got married almost four years ago now. But that first year we were together, I came to camp. So that's when I kind of came and got involved with this. But before that, I was born and raised in Texas. Uh, Didn't really do a whole lot of cowboy work, but I've been riding horses since I was 10. Took lessons riding Arabian show horses, but moved from there to quarter horses and doing some ranch sorting and things like that. And kind of fell in love with the buffalo culture from reading articles and watching videos. And then when Mitch and I got together, it kind of brought it full circle of Trump to cross and all of doing the ranch roping and the camp and everything like that. Good to go. Good to go. Wes, how about you? Um, well, we, uh, um, you know, background background on me, I we grew up, not necessarily cowboying every day or whatever, but riding lots of colts and doing, you know, just always around, always around the ranching deal. And, and, um, and when I, I went to college on a, uh, on a rodeo scholarship to Fort Scott Community College in, uh, in Fort Scott, Kansas. And, and, um, while I was there, I, uh, I got saved and, and, um, you know, had a, my life took a 180 and, and started, chasing after the things of God and I um and 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 during that time you know I mean it it just it was a you know God had set up lots of things in my life to lead up to rodeo bible camp and lead up to the ministry that you know he's put me into but um you know I mean rodeo and 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 cowboying is the only thing I ever you know ever was around the only thing I ever really liked to do and um and my wife and I, um, I met my wife there in Fort Scott too. I met Jesus and Esther in Fort Scott. So Fort Scott's a good place for me. I'll say big changes in life, uh, huh? <laughs> you bet. It was a life changing city right there. <laughs> and, um, you know, the big metropolis of oh, Fort yeah. Scott. But, um, but we, uh, um, we went and helped at a, at a rodeo Bible camp in Unionville, Missouri. And, um, and we went there and I, you know, I, I was pretty hesitant at going cause I just didn't, you know, I just didn't like stuff like that. Didn't like going to things like that. And, and, um, um, went there and I watched, I watched God use the things that I know to help kids. And, and I was like, man, and just felt an absolute overwhelming calling to, to continue this. So we get home and, um, we hold a Bible study in our, in our house on, you know, on Tuesday nights now, I don't know what nights it was, was back then, but, um, and I, and I just, I just told this idea to the group and I was like, Hey, where this deal is for real. And I just, I just, 
feel God calling us to do this? What do you guys think? And we, you know, were young and dumb and, and didn't know any better and what we were getting into. And before too long, you know, I think there was, there was probably six to six or eight, you know, people there that kind of first formed trail the cross. And, and we were all in our, you know, early twenties. And it was like, sure, we'll have rodeo Bible <laughs> camp. And, and it was like, well, we, you know, had no idea how to put one on, didn't have any money, didn't have, you know, anything, you know, uh, other than an idea and, and a calling. And, yeah. and that's how trail across was formed. And we just, um, my wife and I, um, Shane and Megan Taylor, um, the Tillies, there were just several people that were directly involved in putting on the first rodeo Bible camp. And, and we, uh, um, we just, we just started moving forward and started having it and had, you know, have had, had 11 years of, of, um, you know, just pouring into kids and people. And, and it's just been a, been a phenomenal thing. It's incredible when you talk about, you know, you talk about being young and just taking this chance and not really knowing. And it's almost like being young and naive worked at a, to an advantage at that point, right? Because as we get older in life, now all these obligations start kicking in and we got bills and families and jobs and yada, yada, yada. And oftentimes we talk ourselves out of incredible opportunities to serve. And uh, so I want to kind of go back and develop that portion of each each of your chapters. As far as, let's start with Wes, right? And and your upbringing. And I know you talked about going to that first Bible camp and seeing the influence that kind of sparked the interest. But what for you, what for you changed your life and said, you know what, I, I have value here. I need to give back. What Was there a turning point? Was there an event? Or, or was this a progression of meeting your wife, finding the Lord, and then exposure to these camps? Well, it was definitely, a, um, you know, it was a, it was a little bit all of it. Um, you know, when I, when I was a kid, you know, we were always around the, the cowboy thing, like I said, and, but, but I was never, you know, we didn't grow up on some big old ranch and we didn't, you know, it just wasn't that kind of a deal. And it was a, it was a struggle to get to where I was and where I am now, you know, even with my horsemanship and my, you know, just, just being a part of, of what we do on a daily basis like it didn't come easy and i think one of the biggest things um you know all this of course the god part of it is the most important but the teaching part of it i have a heart for because this this lifestyle came to me you know not without a cost you know like it was a hard struggle to get to learn the things that i've learned and um and to get to where i am you know, um, you know, in my life or in mm-hmm, my, in mm-hmm. my spiritual life or whatever. And like, so I see these kids and I, and I literally see myself and every one of them in, in a, you know, I, I take myself back to the beginning and I go, man, I don't want to have to do that again. Yeah, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And like, um, and so I think that's a drive for me to want to help because I know it's a struggle and I know it's an aggravating thing to try to, to try to do something that you don't understand. And that goes for the Jesus part of it. And that goes for the cowboy part of it. And, and so we, we just, I just have a heart for it. Like that is what, that is just what I'm called to. And, um, and that's just what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Mitch, how about you? You know, you talked about your, your kind of rodeo career and roping endeavors, uh, for you, what changed and decided, you know what, it's time that we need to start focus on giving back. 
Well, when I was um, growing up, I mean, I, I grew up in a Christian home. I got saved at a very young age, and uh, um, we were always in church anyway and stuff. And um, my parents were mission trip coordinators throughout my entire life. And so I had been on multiple trips, um, just seeing uh, you know, how other kids have, you know, how good we actually have it, you know, in the United yeah, States. Yeah, that the and, truth. And being able to go on these trips and and help to serve and um you know one of one of the main places that we would go quite often and my parents actually still go to this day is um the Yucatan Peninsula and there's a large orphanage down there and kids that have been you know come from such broken homes and even to a point where like when you first get those kids to that orphanage they will actually steal food off the table and crawl underneath the table eat because they have been so you know untaken care yeah. of throughout their livelihood and so sad. so i i grew up with that and you know that always had a big eye opener to me so when i moved here and i got involved with trail of the cross you know that it was just kind of a natural uh kind of a natural uh transition to help serve with trail of the cross not only did it kind of add the kid aspect of you know on the missionary side of things but also it was able to help me and let me use the uh uh, the cowboy aspect of it as well when my team were open. But um, the first several years that I've been involved with Trail to the Cross, I was a camp counselor for the uh, the youngest group of boys. And for, <laughs> it's a little bit a lot like herding cats when you've got seven, <laughs> seven kids that are, uh, you know, nine to 13 years old. And um, it takes a little bit to kind of keep everything uh together and then i had my other duties as well such as the ferry as well and and helping with the team rope instruction but you know just to help those young guys along and spending time with them in the evening and doing personal devotions and and then there's always that aspect of they're always wound up tighter <laughs> oh, yeah. rubber band some nights you just can't get them to go to sleep yeah but uh that that was kind of you know a, a big turning point for me helping those young kids and i'd up until like the last year when my wife and I had our own son, um, that took me out of the, the counseling deal that year. But, uh, but I've always taken the young kids on and it's been fun and enjoyable. Heck yeah. Kaylee, how about for you? So uh, I've always, I was raised in church. Well, off and on, at least most of my life. Um, I was saved as a, a young girl, but getting into high school and then especially into college, the things you forget about along the way, um, kind of got hanging out with not exactly the right people. Um, had a lot of fun, I guess now, but probably not the right kind of fun. Um, riding horses and doing stuff that you shouldn't do. But I met Mitch and I kind of went through some stuff and I turned my life around and being able to help at camp with these kids and, you know, teach them to not go down some of those paths that are a natural progression for a lot of people who are in the horse world and the rodeo world, especially that things you shouldn't do when you're doing those things but that a lot of people do it's it's fun and it's also very rewarding to be able to work with these kids so that they maybe learn from your mistakes and don't have to make them themselves yeah. um and so i've enjoyed being able to do that for them and just to get to serve uh i like kids a lot i serve at our in our nursery at church several sundays whenever they'll let me and working with children's church on uh, wednesday nights on sunday mornings and so just working with the kids and helping like that is just pretty natural for me. And I think for a lot of a lot of people in the service industries, right, 
you do have to you do have to step away or there is this portion of life i don't say you have to you have to step away but there is this portion of life right where you kind of you go astray and things aren't great and things aren't amicable and life throws a bunch on your plate and i think it's in in traveling through those valleys where a lot of the value is added to give back right because if you've never really had to face anything in life, what can you really contribute telling a kid that's disadvantaged, right? Or telling a, a child that comes from a parentless home, what a struggle is when you've never gone through it yourself. So, and I think in my story, it's it's a lot like yours. You know, I, I grew up actually in the Catholic church and same thing, you know, high school and college kind of went astray. And it's not until I mature a little bit in life and go through some of those valleys and, and fight my way to the peaks that now I see that, you know what, I do have a little bit to give back and I owe it to the next person to try not to make those mistakes because to no fault to anybody in my circle in those phases of life when I was down, but they didn't have a skill set to guide me out of it. You know, I kind of had to fight my own way out of it. And and I just feel obligated. I feel it's correct to kind of help the next person coming up behind us to to not fall so hard on their face, if that makes any sense. So we've gotten to the point where we understand a little bit about where everybody's coming from and and the decision is made to push on with this idea of Trail to the Cross. I kind of want to discuss some of the early years, some of the early challenges of getting a ministry started because we have many listeners and followers who who do want to give back. I get messages all the time about how can I contribute to different causes. So if it was burning on somebody's heart, you know, that they want to step off and maybe start a ministry of their own. What are some of the first steps or what advice would you give to people trying to take some of those first steps in your experience starting Trail of the Cross? Well, the uh um the the biggest the biggest thing is um and what I and what I, you know, looking back on this and you know I've been reflecting on, you know, the start of this since, you know, you and I have been um you know, talking about doing yeah. the show and, and um and the biggest thing is the burden. Like um, and this goes with anything in someone's life. Like, I totally feel that God, God puts things before people and, and you have a choice to make. You can either, you can either follow it or you don't. And the don't is typically easier. It's typically the thing that you're going to go and be like, you know, yeah, I could do that. I could go to the mission trips to here and I could do this and I could do that, or I could start rodeo Bible camp or even or it's even take your your family to church on Sunday. I could do that, but man, it's easier to sit here in bed or it's easier not to do that. And it's always easier not to chase after the things that God wants you to chase after. You know, college is hard, but man, does it does it reward you later, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah. you know, it's way easier to stay at home and not do nothing. Um, so if a person has that burden and they have a burning desire to go and and do something for God, do it. You know, it don't making sense is not is not what God is made up of. Has anybody read the Bible? It doesn't. It don't make a lot of sense a lot of times for these guys who wanted to go follow Jesus or Jesus called them and they said, "Come, follow me." And what they do? They left their nets, their boats. They left everything and they followed Jesus. It don't make any sense. Look, so let's get that out of the yeah, realm the of what we're even talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you got a burden, you you chase after the things of God, and like you leave you leave the naysayers sitting on the couch eating Cheetos, and like go <laughs> chase Jesus. And that and that is what and that is what 
it takes to make Rodeo Bible Camp happen. The money, the stuff it take, takes to, to make it happen, if you've got desire, and, or if God has put that desire in your heart, and you have faith in Him, you got this thing whipped. You know what I mean? Like, if, if you're crazy enough to follow Him, He's crazy enough to bless you. Yeah. And, like, and that's just, and that's literally, and you can ask anybody that knows me or, you know, this group, and it's like, yeah, they're all nuts. They, they don't, they, it's just, it's just what's going to happen, you know? And, um, and it, and it, and it's not a, it's not an easy thing. It's not something that, um, everybody's going to do because they, they will say, they will get discouraged before they even start. Um, but, um, but on the, you know, on the other side of that, once that is, once that is, um, set in stone that I am, I am going to do this and I'm going to do it with Jesus. Um, you know, there are steps and there are, there are, um, things to get involved with that are going to make the, make it all easier and make it better. You know, there's, um, um, we're, a, a trail across is a part of in his reign ministries, which is, um, pastor Shorty Huffman there in, um, um, Loveland, Colorado. And they have, they have the national organization that is a part of um, that puts on they are they put on rodeo Bible camps. They get you insurance, they get you help, they get you all the stuff you need. You know, if you if you're looking for instructors or looking for, you know, stock contractors or whatever um, you need for that rodeo Bible camp, like there's a network of people that will help you make that possible. So and um, you know and and we can put some of my information or trail across his information and like. We are going to put on, um, also put on a deal in the spring. Hopefully it got canceled this past year because of COVID, but we're going to try to put on a national, um, meeting for ro- our rodeo Bible camps. And we're going to come down here because we have, we have been blessed with a, with a very nice facility and a place to have it. And we're going to put on a clinic on how to put together a rodeo Bible camp in the spring as well. Or it may, it might be next fall. Get a hold of us. We'll make it all figured out. I'm not the I'm not the um, I'm not the details guy. I'm the big dreamer. <laughs> Kaylee Kaylee is the details person. <laughs> I don't I don't run that department. There's always so. the glue, right? The one person that actually has it all together and can put everything yeah. together, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm not that guy. <laughs> you bring up some great points in that segment, though, right? And you talk about having a burning desire and following Christ and faith and and things of that sort. I just, for me, this year has been a huge year in reflection and and understanding limiting beliefs, right? Oftentimes, we get in our own way in ways that we shouldn't and have a profound impact on the outcome. And in reflection, you know, leaning on God, leaning on faith, developing that network like you talked about, right? Having that national reach for resources and, and, and rodeo Bible camps, you really start to understand that I think oftentimes individually we don't even understand what our our own potential is, and it takes that encouragement from that network to try to bring that out in us because oftentimes people hold on to so many limiting beliefs. You know, I can't do this, or I don't have the money, or I don't have the time, or I don't have the resources, or I'm not intelligent enough, or I'm I'm fearful, whatever it might be. And man, do we get in our own way big time, most of the time. Oh, yeah. Um, well, just being called, just, um, you know, as iron sharpens iron, you know, God calls us to be in fellowship with, among believers. And, um, 
and you get around people, and I don't care if it's rodeoing or if it's if it's chasing Jesus, like like you get around people that stir your stir your biscuits, man, yeah. and you go, you know, and just get you stirred up and fired up about getting off the couch and quitting eating Cheetos. Yeah, it put your Cheetos down. Cheetos, <laughs> and um, you gotta you gotta get up and you gotta have a desire to live. Yes, and um, and if and if you get somebody that's burning with desire for something, and um, you know, and you and you add God in the mix on on helping you achieve that or achieving that for God, whichever way that that looks, um, you're you're hard to stop, man. You're uh, as Gus McRae would say, you're like a you know a guy that would rent a pig's hard to stop. You're that guy. I mean, yeah, you are a hard absolutely. to stop human being. Yeah, and um. And, um, so yeah, I just, I like being around good people, you know, Mitch Kaylee trail across group, lots of, lots of outstanding, um, you know, uh, um, wall kicking down people that, that I want to be like, you know, yeah. um, fill your, fill your roster with those kind of people and you're, you're hard to stop. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So Mitch, I kind of want to talk to you a little bit about the teaching side of things, right? Developing a curriculum and you talked about herding cats earlier, right? And I want to talk about the <laughs> curriculum and I want to talk about how you kind of keep these kids focused or or what people need to be prepared for in stepping off into some ministry or youth ministry effort. Here, here's here's the, the basic of the 9 to 11 year old. There is no curriculum. There's no... <laughs> <laughs> but the first year I stepped into this role, I expected to be handed a pack. Okay, because during our camps... Um, camp schedule throughout the week we have two times a day we have 30 minute personal devotionals the kids with their counselors okay we have a, a 30 minute session in the morning we have a 30 minute session before uh before bedtime and um i was fully expected to be handed a packet that said okay well this is here's the story with you. i'm like so where's my packet they're like oh no you're on your own and my eyes got about as big as saucers because i'm I'm not exactly the greatest planner about being able to put that kind of stuff together. Um, but the nice thing with the, with the younger kids, for sure, it's, it's easier to, you know, the gospel's so much more simple to, to explain to them, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's the, the one thing that's nice for the young kids. And, and, you know, some nights it's like, I spend more time hollering and be like, Hey, I'm talking, be quiet, sit down. No, nope, don't get on his bed. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the first year I remember, you know, I felt like I was like non-effective. Like I, those kids weren't listening to me. I couldn't get anything done. But you know, on on the call up night when when our uh, evangelist, you know, called up, you know, them them, you know, a bunch of my boys raised their hands, and I was like, I'll be honest, I broke down and cried. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like I've been, it felt like I've been an ineffective tool for God all week long, and then a whole bunch of them raised their heads that I want to be saved, and I was like, "Hmm, thank you, Jesus." And and with the counseling stuff, I mean, you know, what we tell our counselors, you pretty much have to be with them and know where they're at at all times. About the only time a counselor can actually relax is when the kids go down to the instruction and they're with their instructor but even then you know we still make the rounds we check on our kids throughout the day and stuff and um you know it, it's a tiring time by the time you're all done at the week but it's extremely rewarding and um i've done it i don't know i think six years in a row and then like i said the last year i wasn't able to do so but 
but it's it's good. And I think you bring up a great point, and it kind of reflects horsemanship, right? How many times are you working with a new horse? Shooter could even be a known horse. Uh, taking the first few minutes of the day or time necessary to just listen, find out where that horse is at, right? Meet that uh-huh. horse wherever he or she is. And, and so much of that is dependent on, on, uh, your ability, your awareness, but I think it plays a huge role. And oftentimes I get a lot of questions on the show about interviewing people, right? How do you interview people? How do you set up your questions? And like you talked about setting up a curriculum for nine to 13 year olds, there really isn't a lot of Q and A to this as far as formal questions, but it's having the ability to listen because people are going to tell you what's important to them. And I think oftentimes with these young kids and working with kids, uh, you got to kind of give them a second, right? You got to sit back and read them a little bit to find out how you're going to get through to them and how you're going to communicate and what's important to them and what's challenging them and what they're struggling with. And, and that's when you take the opportunity to capitalize on whatever they present. And that, in my opinion, increases your effectiveness as a counselor or a mentor. Exactly. And that, that was one of the one things that I ran into right off the bat. And it seems to be, unfortunately, it's a, it seems to be a trend every year is a lot of these kids come from broken homes. And, you know, I didn't realize it at the time, but rodeo Bible camp at first full week of June for mid Missouri, for a lot of these kids is the absolute highlight of their year. They get fed amazing meals. They get poured into, they get paid attention to, they get to spend time on horses and this week is absolutely critical for a lot of these kids. You know, it's funny putting on the clinic, right? How you guys see the chaos of the big picture, right? Making sure everything's all lined up and the logistics and the timing and all of that. And here you guys probably at times get so caught up in that that you don't realize that some of the basic needs that you're providing these kids are some of their greatest successes because of the chaos that's at, that's at home. Yes. Good stuff. Kaylee, I want to talk to you a little bit about putting this all together, right? We talk about we have people that go out and knock things out and get it done. And then we have folks like yourself that make sure all of it takes place. So what are some of the struggles and challenges that you have found at Trail to the Cross as far as getting everything handled logistically, making sure everything's correct and on point and everything is executed as needed to put on a Bible camp or clinic? Well, for me, it's working in a group. I'm more of a, a doer, and I like to just be able to get up there and do it myself and get it done yeah. right the first time and fast. Uh, so having to work in a group and having to participate with others and just get everyone together logistically is a little bit more difficult for me than anything else. Um, but I really I really enjoy all of the planning and being able to put pen to paper and get the ideas together. But with, with our rodeo Bible camp, it runs very smoothly for us at this point. Um, I miss the beginning years where it was, well, what are we going to do? What are, how are we going to make it better? And now we've turned into a pretty well-old machine and we get to fine-tooth uh, fine comb across things and kind of make it a little bit smoother every year. But for as a whole, camp hasn't changed a whole lot in the last four years that I've been involved. Uh, if we had to build the back pins for the bulls again, I, I might go crazy. But outside of that, <laughs> things are are pretty smooth for camp. It's the it's the new ideas. When Wes said, you know what, I think we should have a cowboy Christmas ball. And then he just walked away. He said, I think it's a good idea. And we said, all said, okay. And we said, well, what are we going to do? And he said, well, I don't know. Not my job. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so we all had to figure out, sit down and figure out, well, what does this look like for Trail of the Cross? Because the big point of Trail of the Cross in camp and every other event we do is 
not just to raise funds and to do things, but to pour into people's lives. It started out with kids at Bible Camp, but now we've grown into anybody. We want to pour Jesus into these people's lives, and we understand that some of these events that we put on and camp that we do, that this is the only gospel they may hear their whole year, their whole life, and we really want to be able to do that in every event. So whereas our Cowboy Christmas Ball or Gala uh, is a fundraiser for us, and it's a fun night, but we still want to share the gospel and share Jesus and love on people. And those are some of the harder things to figure out how you're going to do it because it's easy to get a caterer and get a band and rent a facility and making sure it's decorated. Those things are actually relatively easy. It's the, well, how do we show Jesus to this and not just say, bid on our silent auction item. Yeah, um, correct. And then with our roping coming up, that's geared more towards adults and grown men, especially um, in a culture that may not be, not, not a lot of these people don't know Jesus and trying to minister to people who may be better cowboys than you and or better horsemen, but trying to still minister to them in a way that they understand and that they walk away knowing that we love Jesus and that we love them um, is some of the bigger issues. That's some of the harder things I think it is to kind of flavor into our stuff. But logistics, logistics we were, we were running pretty smoothly at this point. Uh, it was a little change. We had to reschedule the roping from April to October, and Wesley was gone for 12 weeks this summer, and kind of this is another one of Wesley's ideas, and then he says, okay, it's an idea, now I'm going to Colorado for 12 weeks. <laughs> I'm starting to see a pattern, Wes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it might be a disease, I don't know. <laughs> Wesley's great, he has all the great ideas, and he does help a lot of the planning, but he does he does like to have ideas, and then says, okay, now y'all figure out how to go do it, and so that's where it's more logistical, Is but 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 it's all we all work well together, and we've come, we've come together as a group, all from different backgrounds, and being able to put these things together. Whereas we have there's several of us who are into the buckaroo big loop culture and liking to rope and ride wade saddles and things like that. But there's a lot of people who we've got one lady who rides dressage, and so she has very little interest in what we actually are doing at our event. Outside of she loves horses and loves Jesus, and that's all you really need to do. And really, you don't have to care about horses as long as you love Jesus. Yeah, we don't care who you are. Yeah. You can work with us. I love uh, I love the point that you make about keeping all that you have to offer. Right, keeping the people and keeping the ministry at the forefront, despite whatever the event is, whether it be a fundraiser, a, a competition, or a Bible camp. And and I know we sit here and poke fun about Wes coming up with these big ideas, dropping it on everybody's lap, and then and then hitting the road. But it's that's a great part about the cohesion of a team, right? Cause there needs to be a dreamer. There needs to be somebody pushing the envelope and pushing the ceiling. And, and he, that is Wes's forte for the sake of conversation here. Right. But it takes people to think about the finite details of getting everything lined up. It takes people putting boots to the ground to make everything happen, whether it's building a facility or teaching or preaching or counseling or getting horses or getting cattle, whatever it may be. So it's great to see that everybody takes ownership of their piece of the pie, right? And collectively, you guys are putting on these incredible events that continue the purpose and continue the mission of the ministry. I want to spend some time now. We've talked about the Rodeo Bible Camp. We've talked about the roping and the Christmas fundraiser. I want to kind of go back and develop each of those events in specificity to help provide listeners an understanding of what it has to offer, maybe how they can get involved and how they can kind of push the further mission of the trail to the cross. So let's start with the Rodeo Bible Camp and maybe discuss kind of a little bit about the history, 
what it specifically addresses, how kids can get involved, and then maybe what the growth and the plan is for the Bible camp in the future. The the Rodeo Bible Camp, um, you know, has 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 been the core of Trail to the Cross. Like that is what we started for. That is what. Well, I mean, the core is of course Jesus, but like that was the core, you know, event. And um and so everything around Trail to the Cross was originally, you know, done for the cause of Trail to the Cross. Like we are are for the Rodeo Bible Camp. I mean, and and so we uh um. We feel that 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 camp is going to be. We want it to continue to be as effective. Um, you know, the tool that that God has placed in this part of the world um, for these kids. Like we have seen growth. You know, especially through the last you know eleven years of of camp. Um, now we've got kids who came there when they were you know nine years old, and they're they're grown adults now, and like we can sit there and we can watch people who are chasing after Jesus. And then they, they sit there and they're like, you know, trail the cross, that rodeo Bible camp was something that I look back on and, and it, it helped me be the Christian that I am today. Or that helped me, that helped me, you know, um, stay close to God. And that helped me, you know, do all these things. And like, and we look at that and it's like, Man, what a what an awesome tool that God is using um, for these young people, and like just just seeing what it's done in in the in the people that has helped with camp and different stuff, and we're like, man, as long as God is using it, we have to keep it going. You know, I mean, yeah. we have to keep moving forward. You know, it's changed it's changed um, dynamics a lot. You know, I mean the the people. You know, it was once um, ran by people that were just old enough that they could have went to it a couple years prior, you know, like, and that, those were the founding fathers of it were mm-hmm. people that just wish they could have went, you know? Yeah. And, um, and, um, and so like now we look at that and, and yeah, it's going to, it's going to make some changes. There's going to be some new people come in like Kaylee and, and different people that are, that are, you know, um, they got a, they got a vision, they got, they got, plans for stuff and how things ought to be different and stuff. And, and that's okay. Like that's how God's going to use that. But as long as it's in the hands of people that love the cause, love the kids, um, that thing's going to, that thing is going to prosper. It's going to continue to move forward. And like, and that's what we want to push. We, we have struggled. The struggled years are, are through, you know, like trying to get stuff paid for and try to get, you know, just all the plans. Now we just got to have people come in there and just maintain this thing and continue to make it great and you know just just take it and, and move forward. Like I, we're still a part of it. It's still something that's that's you know near and dear to our hearts and um, you know have no intentions of leaving it anytime soon. But like we just see, you know, the future of it. I think is going to be when these when these kids that were once campers and and all you know start getting involved. Like I just want people who love it. Yeah, to come absolutely, and be a part of it, and just and just give it a fresh breath of, of vision and stuff, you know. Because I mean, it's still, it's still a very good camp and stuff. But you know, I want, I still want that youth. I want that vigor to be in it. That that only comes from people that aren't, um, you know, they're they're not tainted by being old. You know what I mean? Correct. Like they're Correct. like, oh, I'm busy yeah. and I'm this and I'm that. Like. I want these kids that are like, I ain't got nothing going on, and I love this, you know. <laughs> so, um, but that, that's that's my vision for it. That's my, 
that's my hope and my prayer for it is that it just continues to reach lives forever. Like I just want it to be something that is great. And, um, you know, and eventually pass it down to people that, that just, that just have a fire for it, that just love it. And maybe some people that it changes their lives at some point or God changed their lives through it. And, um, and they just take it and run off with it. I think it'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. So what does a framework of a typical camp look like? I mean, how many kids do you take on? Is there an age range? How long are they at camp? Things of that sort. Um, well, um, Rodeo Bible Camp, it, it has an age range of 9 to 18 years old. Um, and 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 we, we break that down into, um, you know, age ranges like, um, Mitch was talking about having the younger kids group, you know, so we have, we have all these kids broke down into, um, you know, boys, boys cabins, girls cabins, and then the age rooms just for weekend, the age range, just for weekend, uh, um, you know, better, better talk to them in, in where they're at in life. And, um, and our, our facility that we have, we have it at a place called Whispering, Whispering Winds Bible Camp. And, um, and there it, at that place, there are cabins that are that are there available, and they're like, you know, these big cabins that are cut up into four rooms. And so, every seven kids has their their own room, their own bathroom, own shower, you know. And and so, it's it's really functional with with the the campers. And then we have a big mess hall, and we um, it's just an, an awesome facility with like having camp. And then my wife and I, we we rent they have some grassland there. So me and my wife rent all that land and had for years. And, um, and well, there's a big old flat piece of ground. And so we just, we just, um, a, a guy with a dozer come and donated his time and he rolled in there and he dozed us off like a, a thousand by, it might've been a thousand by 500 or something flat piece of ground. And we built five arena arenas there. Wow. So we have, we have a full team roping arena, a calf roping alley, a, a horsemanship arena, a barrel racing arena, a rough stock arena. Is that all of them? I think that's all of them. And then, all of them. Yep. And then we then we set up a ranch hand arena down at the river on this on this piece of ground. And so we have six arenas going at one time. There'll be a, oh. <laughs> Yeah, and then we we kind of switch. We have all rodeo events plus horsemanship, and plus ranch roping and trick roping. And trick, roping. trick roping. And um, and so when camp when when the event time of camp is going on, we'll have over ninety mounted people in their event at one time. Like it is it is an absolute testimony that there is a God in heaven when you watch. 90 mounted riders out there performing their deal, fairly novice, and nobody dies. Like, there is a God in heaven, I promise you. And um, so we, uh, we we typically, what we can hold is about 115 kids at, at Trail Lacrosse Plus, or at Whisper Winds Bible Camp, plus all the staff that takes that on. So there's about, there's about 200 people on site at any given time during camp um, that, that we are housing and feeding during rodeo Bible camp. Like it is, we, I mean, we look like, we look like uh, the Israelites come rolling up in there. I was just going to um, say, I mean, turn it into a city. 
Oh yeah, it's it's wild. I mean, we have a really neat facility. It's kind of one reason why <clears throat> um, uh, Rodeo Bible Camps of America want to have their their meeting at our at our facility, just for we can kind of show what's going on and how to how we do camp. You know, not that not that we're doing anything that anybody else can't do, but God has just blessed us, and we've had a we've had a calling for it, and like um, you know, God just just opened up the the heavens for that deal and and it's uh we have we have an awesome complex we have we put on a very good camp and um and it's just something that we've learned over the last decade of how to how to make it happen yeah yeah that's incredible reach incredible reach so let's move on to the roping right i know there's an evolution taking place with the roping event but let's talk about how it's framed up what it has to offer and the mission of the roping well, several of us are into that Great Basin Buckaroo culture and like to do the big loop roping and head and hill brandings and focus on horsemanship and do a lot of that stuff. And so it's kind of natural for us to say, we know what, one of the trails across, offer this as an event and we can use it to minister to people who also like this, but also we've got several kids at our camp who've gotten interested in it. And it's a way for us to also pour into them a little bit more, um, We've had it, I think it's our third year now. Uh, first two years were held at camp, and it rained every April, and it was a mess, and <laughs> our cattle were always a little picky. I think the first year we did it, to pay for the cattle, we were supposed to dehorn them and yeah, castrate right. them, and uh, they were full-grown bulls, it looked like, when out there oh, roping. And no. so it, and they were free. <laughs> of course. They, they were free. <laughs> of course. They were free. But a little work had to go into them, making them free, and we had tents set up, and you're wearing your muck boots because you were slogging through the mud because it didn't get real pleasant that day. Um, and second year was quite a bit better. We didn't have to castrate or dehorn any uh, bulls. bulls, but <laughs> it was. I think it still rained a little bit. And we had some Corianis that just ran all the way across the pen back and forth. And so hold your road here was a little bit difficult and tricky, yeah. but well. we got it done and had a really nice event. Um, and so that would have been, I think, 2019. And 2020 came around and we said, how can we make this better? What will make well make a change? And we said, well, let's go find us an indoor arena we can rent and use. And so, no matter rain or shine, folks can come and they can come from uh, wherever they're at, and we'll have a place where they can have stall hookups and trailers and all kinds of things like that. And so, we moved to we're doing it at the Highway 38 in Marshfield this year. Uh, and then with COVID, we had to move it to October, but we're still going to have it indoor so that no matter what happens next weekend we can rope and where our first couple of years we, we had clinics we'd have uh, bj jordan and crossroads horse ministry come in and do roping clinics like the, the morning before or the day before um and kind of work on ranch roping skills and handling your cattle and some stuff like that and then we broke in the afternoon or the next day uh this year we've foregone the clinic to focus more on having a really big roping and inviting people from all over the country of calls from Arizona, Montana, Tennessee, Alabama, just all over the country. People are coming to Midwest Missouri to rope with us and to hang out and have a good weekend. Um, and so for and so we have a avenue to pour into some our younger people and novice people without doing the clinic, we've uh, added what we call a pro am. And so we'll have two novice or beginner ropers roping with someone they bring that they consider to be a professional or We've got several of our guys um, who rope a lot 
and are doing stuff in the big loop on Saturday to be there on Sunday to throw for some of these kids and give them a chance to do what the adults get to do and to learn and to grow. Um, and this year we've added even a little bit extra, kind of last minute. Uh, Dave Samuel will be there Saturday night doing a concert for us. Um, but that's kind of where the roping's at right now. And we're talking about making it bigger and maybe joining with joining hands with a few other um, like-minded groups. But we're not sure where that's going to go yet. But we want this to be the thing to come to in the Midwest in the area. And we're trying to figure out how that we can even more share the gospel with it and just spread this culture because we really like it and we want others to to enjoy it as well and to know Jesus and to love Jesus through it. It's incredible as you guys tell your stories of the rodeo Bible camp and now the roping. I mean, most of the time you think about events like this and they're done in a pasture and it's set up like a cow camp and everybody kind of backs their trucks and trailers around and you might rent an outhouse if you're lucky. Uh, but the scale in which you guys are doing this and what it has grown to be, I mean, it's got to be incredible to reflect on a question being posed at a Bible study. Hey, what do you guys think about this? And now we're a little over a decade down the road. And I mean, you're putting on events that are taking in 200 people to logistically run. And now we're running indoor roping camps and clinics and competitions. I mean, it's just unbelievable to see what this idea has grown into when you get people, get the right people invested and in, in wanting to contribute. Yeah. And, and if I may back up just briefly, Jason, I mean, the whole way we ended up starting with the ranch roping classes, um, Missouri, last I checked, was either third or fourth in the nation for uh, beef production. So there is a lot of ranchers yeah. and cattlemen around here and a lot you know what we wanted to do is create an avenue for these kids that weren't necessarily going to rodeo but they wanted to ranch you know yes. they wanted yes. to learn ranching skills and be you know to help be part of their family farm or their ranch here in the in the area so Wes had that vision to bring that that class into our area and not only did it open an avenue to teach the kids but their parents wanted to show up you know that first big loop you know all these adults that came in that we'd we never even knew exist. We're like, oh, we heard there was a big loop open, and you know, and now we've become friends with all these guys, and we're able to pour into all these, these, uh, you know, the older folks as well. You know, I shouldn't say older, but <laughs> you know, adults like we are, like-minded adults that are running, you know, cattle and stuff. But this is this is kind of where that direction has taken us, and it's actually exploded over the last couple of years to what we have now for the event. I was just going to say that uh, in talking with the guys at three ten. And, and his cavy, it's incredible to see how it seems like there's almost a pendulum shift of ranch skills, stockmanship, big loop roping is now starting to become a lot more mainstream. You know, you think about team roping and you think about horsemanship. I mean, gosh, there's any number of TV shows and clinics and camps and podcasts and publications on those topics, right? But it seems like now the ranch skills are starting to come to light again and, and gain in that popularity, which I think is incredible because especially me being in California, I mean, there's a, there's a rich history of the California, right? And, and yeah. the, the, the great basin type stockmanship and roping and, and handling skills. So it's great to see it become more available to the masses. Yeah, definitely. For sure. I know it's a relatively new venture for Trail to the Cross. You're a couple years in, but let's talk about that fundraiser as far as when it is, 
how you guys pull that off and its focus and mission and, and raising funds to kind of facilitate some of these events we previously talked about? Well, we, uh, the, the Cowboy Christmas, I, I personally still think it should be the Cowboy Christmas ball, you know, but, um, you know, it was just my idea. The girls run off with it and they decided to call it the gala, which I'm not really sure what still is, <laughs> but you know, whatever, I guess, <laughs> but no, they put a ton of work in it. They can call it whatever they want. Exactly. But, um, but they, uh, um, the dream was, is that at the end of the year we had, um, you know, these people poured into Trail the Cross, and these people being just our local businesses, our our families that have been connected with Trail the Cross, or you know, um, uh, past campers, or, or you know, um, present campers, or or whatever's going on. And it's just like at the end of the year, I think a lot of people still wonder what all's going on, what 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 has happened here and there, you know, and and like, and we have grown into quite a family of, of people, um, you know, through trail lacrosse, like, I mean, they're, you know, in a, in a fairly large network and it's like, we just needed another, we just needed an avenue to get people back together to love on them one more time in the year, whether if it's the kids or the, or the parents or whoever it is and, and be like, this is what happened this year. And we have testimonies of the kids during the night and different stuff. That's just like, this is what, this is what trail lacrosse is about. This is what's going on in these kids' life, you know, and just, and just kind of stir up another, another set of emotions, I guess, if, if nothing else, you know, that it's like, man, this thing is worth pouring into. So, um, so, you know, the, the cowboy ball was, was, was born and, and, you know, then Kaylee and, and Aaron Mendenhall and some of the ladies in, inside the group, you know, kind of run off with it. And so I guess that's where I want to, I want to hand it off to, to Kaylee here because it's kind of her, her deal more than it is mine. I just show up and talk. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like I said, we kind of wanted to pour into people a little bit more and to really say thank you instead of just sending a card with a thank you and a picture from the kids camp. We wanted to do a little bit more for them. Um, but it's just kind of grown that first year. We weren't sure what it looked like. Fortunately, the place we have helped us decorate some. So that takes care of some of that burden. And we had a band come, and he's also the person who does has done worship at camp for a couple of years. And so we had a band and had some silent auction items. And we did several live auction items. And we quickly realized that that is not the way to go with one of these things. And so we've kind of toned it down for the second year and had a few less items and did a few new th- other new things and we try to make it fun and we have camera like selfie booths where you have like props you can use and there's hot chocolate and there's coffee and uh punch punch and we'll do like we're all dressed up it's kind of like uh, adult cowboy prom is kind of what we promote it to be you don't have to get too fancy but it's an opportunity for you to do so. Um, I think last year we had a best seventies uh, rhinestone cowboy look going like on, it. and so I we like had a couple it. guys had like a, awesome. <laughs> and it was it was great. Um, and we had uh, got catering done by Sandy Ness, who also does our cooking at camp, and she is phenomenal. And it makes I don't if we didn't have her, we couldn't have camp. We couldn't do a gala because I don't know what we would eat. Um, and if we did, it would be subpar. And so we <laughs> macaroni and cheese for everybody. Yeah. Um, and so it's a 
it's just a good time of fellowship with people we rope with at our big loop and the parents of the kids who come to camp and the counselors and instructors and just people who have donated throughout the year and over the years and us as, as members of Trail Across and people who have just poured into it from 10 years ago to who may want to pour into it next year get to come and we get a fellowship and eat dinner and drink a bunch of coffee and just have fun and we have last year we had a, a new band come in and that was have some dancing and just have a, a good time but with a lot of Jesus still sprinkled in there um, and do that and this year we're not sure exactly what it's going to look like we're trying to add a few new things and make it a little bit better and a little bit bigger and every year it's just putting the next block on the, yeah, the stack and yeah. seeing what we can add to make it a little bit more fun for everyone because we don't want it to just be another banquet where you sit there and you listen to someone talk and say, please give us some more money. Um, we don't mind if you have to check it in with the night, but that's not what we're there for specifically. Um, we just want to love on people and we have some good silent auction items to go up and usually a couple really good live auction items and, we just want people to come and to fellowship and to have fun more than anything and not just at the table all night and be bumped on a log. Like, get up, dance, have fun, visit, go to other tables, see what they're doing. And eat more. And eat food because we're going to have plenty. As I say, you um, keep dancing, you got those calories on credit. Hey, Amen. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're Jesus' calories, so they don't count. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> The reach of Trail to the Cross is absolutely incredible. We've talked about tons of events. If people and listeners want to get involved or understand the mission and purpose on a greater detail, how do they reach out to you all? How do they learn more about what you guys have to offer? Well, really, we're pretty easy to get a hold of. We've got a website, trailofthecross.com. We have an email, it's trailofthecross at gmail.com. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Trail of the Cross. So we're pretty easy to find. If you just search for Trail of the Cross, you'll find us. Um, and contact me if you want to at 573 uh, Almost forgot my own phone number there. Put it on a number of flyers. I guess I should remember it. Um, but we're always looking for new people and new ideas and people who just want to get involved and or just want to follow us and see what's happening next. Uh, we try to keep our social media pretty up to date. It sometimes gets a, a little hairy around here uh, between different businesses and events and stuff going on. Things may lapse for a while, but we try to keep things pretty fresh and up to date and always adding new things to share who we are and share the gospel. And that we're pretty easy to get a hold of. You just look for Trail of the Cross, and that's probably us. So, as we wrap every show, we like to focus on a question surrounding legacy. So, we'll start with you, Wes. Uh, in your personal personal or professional experience in, in traveling this journey with Trail of the Cross, what is a piece of advice you would hand down to the next person who might be starting to try to get into the ministry side of things or giving back or starting a Bible camp? Well, um, the the biggest thing with with all this kind of stuff, and we've mentioned it earlier, is is the is the burden. You know, the burden that God places upon man's heart. And and um and you have to act on that. If that is something that God has laid upon your heart, you have to move forward. Otherwise, there will be no peace. You know, there's no peace. You have these guys that have lived in their jobs or, you know, worked in their jobs or done whatever they've done their whole life, and these guys are miserable or whatever's going on. It's typically because those guys have never responded 
to a call upon God's, uh, you know, upon that person's heart that God has placed there, whether if that's for salvation or if whether that's because you are saved and God has put a calling on your heart and you have not responded because you have just swept it under the rug. There will never be peace. And, um, you know, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Like he, he, that's his, that's his deal. That's where he works at. And, um, and, you know, if there's not peace in your life, it's because God has placed something upon there and you, you have to move with it. And, um, you know, that, that's my, that's my, um, biggest thing. If somebody wants to get into this ministry, like you first need the burden for it. Otherwise you won't be as effective as, as, you know, you think you could be. Um, um, you know, there, there's certain callings people have on their life, and if the kids' ministry is it, you know, chase after it. Um, and 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 one of the things, and this is kind of the main, um, this is the main thing that I think about in, in my personal life and with Trail Across. Like it all just kind of blends together. I just live, and this is what I do. But um, the biggest thing is, is that we're going to spend so many days on this earth, and you're gonna you're gonna get so many opportunities to to invest in people or some you know you know just however that lines out and um and this is what i consistently think about is like who we are investing in and who is investing in me and and i am i am a huge advocate of learning i like to i like to um you know hang on to any piece of advice whether good or bad and I'm just dumb enough to try something, you know, and like, you know, and, that's, and then I'm smart enough to know which is good or bad, I think, with, <laughs> with prayer and, and God leading me in wisdom and lots of things. But um, but this is what I want to take or I want people to take away from this is um, Trail the Cross is built around people who want to invest. They want to invest in these kids. They've taken their time, money, resources, whatever it takes. And they give it to these kids to try to build a generation that's thinking differently than the one before. Hopefully, you know, like we're we're trying to we're trying to build a a group of people that are God minded human beings that will go and raise their family up. They will love their kids. They will take them to church. They will chase after Jesus with them. Um, the rodeo part of it is is just where we're at. It's just typically bait to let them hear the gospel. Yep. Um, it's just the avenue that God's put us in. If we were skateboarders, we would be having a skateboarding ministry or whatever it is, which I think skateboarding is really cool. So I'd like to try that before <laughs> I get too old. But um, but that's just not where God has placed us. He's placed us in the rodeo world, in the in the cowboy world, where we draw this group of kids. Correct. And um, and so with that, I think of um, so we invest in this kid. And, and and through our investment, this kid has changed their life. Well, I sit there and I think about that, and I think about the words and the investment that people have put in me over the years. And and I think of an investment tree. Like I think of, um, you know, you you I have had um, my coaches in rodeo, my parents, my, you know, all these different people that have invested in me, and I get to put them in an investment tree that I think of in my mind. And the cool thing about an investment tree is they don't have to be family to put them in there. It's people that have invested in you to make you the person that you are in Christ. 
and and or you are in your in your life if you're not a Christian, you know. I mean, like if they're not thinking of it that way, but people that have taken time out of their schedule to invest in you, and you can put them in that tree, and then the people that invested in them, who made them who they are, you can put them in your tree too. So you can steal that person's tree, and pretty soon you have this network of of people that have invested in you, and like, and I often think about. Am I investing enough in this person that they would even consider putting me in their tree? Yeah, like, like what that. are you, you know, what are you even doing with your life? Are you helping people? Or are you just helping yourself build a kingdom, yeah. you know, of your own? Yeah. Like, are we in this thing for others? Are we in this thing for ourselves? And like, and that's another big question a person needs to ask themselves: is how far would you go? How how deep? Do you want to take this thing? Are you that committed? And like, if you're not committed, you need to rethink things because either you're all in or you're all out. There's not like this, this mediocre, this, um, this complacent place that you can be where you're not really moving forward or moving backward. It's either you're getting better or you're getting worse. Are you, are you in, in this thing for the long haul? Are you backing out? And like, um, and it's just, it's just a, it's just a, a, you know, it's a, a place a person needs to ask or a question they need to ask themselves, and, and, um, and I think that's just what it's all about. It's incredible, man. I really like it. I really like it. So, Mitch, for you, what would you leave? What, what legacy? What life lesson would you like passed on? So, one thing that was really popping out in my mind is, um, I had, I remember a quote from one of our rodeo directors years and years back, um, we always had this large rodeo in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. It was a televised deal, 10,000 plus people in the crowd. And his quote to us was, he goes, remember, he goes, kids are watching you and wishing they could be just like you. He goes, make sure your attitude and the way you live your life reflects that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think about these kids that I've poured into over the years, these young guys and, you know, like, Am I, am I the person at Rodeo Bible Camp that I am out working? Am I the person at Rodeo Bible Camp that I'm at church? Am I, you know, am I, am I consistent in my faith and consistent as a person? Or are they going to catch me at some event, you know, making, making a scene or cussing or something, you know? Yeah. I'm always under influence and under the idea that I'm always being watched, you know? And, uh, that always has rung pretty strong in my mind is, I've moved forward every year with these kids and I want to be that person that just continues to be consistent from what they see at camp versus what they'd see outside. And, and that's kind of what I'd like to, to leave with. It's a big deal. You know, uh, action is a big deal being, I mean, one, one quote that, that rings true for me is right. Be, be the change you want to see in the world. Right. I think it was Mahatma Gandhi's quote. And you talk about being that role model and, it's not difficult to do because if that's who you are and the, and you're living your life honestly, right, true to yourself, true to your being, uh, there is no change that needs to take place, right? You just go out and live life and, and people will see that. And uh, for, sure. for a lot of people, they do put on that front, right? Especially in this world of instant gratification and social media, everybody wants to portray this glamorous life and, and these images that not, aren't necessarily true. So. Uh, for me, in my experience, it's just easier to live life as me and not try to put on that front, not try to be something you're not, because uh, there's enough exposure out there that you're going to get caught. You're going to get caught in a lie at some point, right? And it's just not good for anybody in that scenario. Yeah. 
So Kaylee, how about you? Legacy. So I don't ever want to see like a, a plaque of Kaylee at Rodeo Bible Camp or anything like that. That's not what we're here for. Um, I want just to, for Jesus to be the forefront of what we're doing with Trail of the Cross and with my life personally and anything that we serve in is that um, my, my stepdad always says, remember who you are and what you stand for. And so that's kind of what going out and about, think about things like that, kind of same thing that Mitchell's talking about, but um, we want people to know who we are and that they'll know us by our love of others and of Jesus um, and that they'll know that when I've talked to them that Regardless of if I say anything, they know that I love Jesus and that I love them, even if I don't even know them, because um, that's what Jesus did. Uh, and that's kind of where I'm at and leaving a, a legacy that way. Um, these kids will come to know Jesus through our camp, or throwing Jesus, and they may hear the gospel and they're nine at Rodeo Bible Camp, and they may be 18 and never came back again. But those seeds that we've planted and remembering that just because they don't get saved at Rodeo Bible Camp, doesn't mean we didn't plant seeds and to grow because I think they say it takes seven times for a person to hear the gospel before they actually come to know Jesus. And that that one week at camp may be one of those times. And regardless of what fruit you see on Saturday when the awards are handed out, that one day it will come. I love it. And it's incredible to listen to each and every one of you answer this legacy type question and reflect on just this episode here. I mean, Trail to the Cross exemplifies everything that you guys have described in these last few minutes. And uh, it's incredible. It's an incredible honor for me to help represent your guys' ministry and your programs and your efforts. And we thank you greatly for setting some time aside to share. And if there's anything that we can do to support the cause of Trail to the Cross, please do not hesitate to reach out. I can't thank you guys enough. Hey, thank you, man. Good luck with everything, and we'll talk to you all down the road. All right. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for riding along with another episode of Let Freedom Reign podcast and being part of our freedom family. If you want to provide greater support of this show, visit patreon.com forward slash let freedom reign podcast. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash let freedom reign podcast. And reign is spelled R-E-I-N. There you can provide a donation at a cost less than the fancy cup of coffee you're probably holding to help us produce free weekly content. For collaborations, to book us as a guest for your next event, or to make guest recommendations, email us at info.lfrpodcast at gmail.com. For the most up-to-date information on Let Freedom Reign, visit our Facebook and Instagram page at Let Freedom Reign Podcast. Additionally, you can find us on Twitter at Let Freedom Reign underscore. We cannot thank you enough for being our most loyal listeners, and we'll see you on the next one.